Welcome to episode 445 of Troubadours and Rockon Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have back a long-lost friend of the program, Bruno Milo, writer, social critic, satirist, one of our earliest contributors. And we discuss what he's been doing all these years since we've last spoken about uh, the importance of laughing at life's adversity and absurdity, pot, how that might help. We talk a bit about baseball and sports in general, Congress and what it should be doing, talking to the TV, bridges falling down, the progressives, and the coming holidays. A grand conversation with longtime contributor to the program, Bruno Milo, this week. Remember, a lot of what he does is satire. We have an EWSA titled Silhouette, and we share some actual facts and figures, statistics and such, from Harper's Magazine's October 2021 edition, Harper's Index. And we have a poem called Inward Season. All of this, of course, will be infused, imbued with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it. Episode 445 of Troubadours and Rockon Tours. Oh, 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 
Silhouette. Beautiful butterfly basking in the beneficent sun as the beat of a human drum breathes promises of better days to come. The white slavery game is no joke. The listless pain of a lonely good man feeds on baseball and marijuana smoke to get through doing what one can like me and you do. Satire around a campfire and adolescent humor cuts into a nation of drones who are positioned and prone on a couch in a bed on a deck in a castle far from the projects hiding in their heads to rest from the perplexing journey toward nothing and everything at once. I saw the early morning silhouette of a neighbor I have not yet met as he went to the box for the day's edition of our town paper. The local news and national views, sports, community events, and obituaries to peruse, digest, and reflect about cows creating methane as they barely live caged in factory farms, talk of windmills and bridges, moms and dads and singles trying to make ends meet to stay on their collective and individual feet, the township and city ignoring the needs of public school teachers while voting rights are clandestinely taken away across the USA and the teenage kids are kissing under the bleachers. The healthcare system leaving many without if they can't pay. He reads all of this, then pulls up his britches and puts the paper away next to the wood stove to be used again later in a more clear and primitive way. As the garage door then opens into the frenzied foray of another glorious day. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stopping staring I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds Sailing on summer breeze And skipping over the ocean like a stone Oh, 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 oh. 
Is that you? Hey, EW. Hey, What's man. going on? Kay Possa. Ah, I don't know. We haven't talked with you for quite some time here on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. That's quite true, yeah. It has been a while. And many you're, moons. Many moons. Many moons. And you're, you're one of the earliest contributors of this program. So uh, let's get that straight right off the bat. And. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, I, I want to want to say it's nice to have you back. Let people let me let, let people know who you who you are a bit at least about you. It's it's Bruno Milo. He's um, a writer and a social critic, among other things. And uh, we're going to talk with him from his humble abode. I think are you in the office? No, I'm at home. About I'm uh, at my humble abode. Your humble abode. Yes. And uh, we we uh, we we narrowed it down to to several areas that all maybe can be connected or not. We'll see. Pot, sports, <laughs> Congress, and the coming holidays. So, what have you been doing since the last time we talked? Before we get into these compelling topics. Well, like everyone else, I've been living through this uh, pandemic and trying to survive that way. Life has been limited, of course. Uh, so, enjoying the things I can enjoy, such as, you know, sports, I think, is our diversion. Been able to watch that. I would have loved one more baseball game this year, but you can't get everything you want. And, you know, just trying to stay busy working. One thing I've been able to do, I guess you could say I've been able to do it, is work throughout this whole thing. So, I don't know if that's lucky or not. But in a way, yeah, I think if I wasn't able to uh, work or if I'd been laid off or whatever, it would have been much tougher. So obviously uh, we know that it has been for many people. So what, uh, so your, your line of work. So the people know, well, it's human services. I guess you could say I'm a sex slave, white slave, sex slaver. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's a human services. I deal with uh, people with disabilities. I'm not in the sex slave anymore. I realized that's wrong. And I did my time and, uh, Biggest federal prison in the United States, Angola. So I'm out now, though, and I'm reformed. 
And I uh, sometimes <laughs> old support groups are people, other white slavers. So. Oh, my God. I don't even know what a white slaver is, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not sure, but it sounds terrible. Uh, it is. And I'm I, not defending it. And he's kidding, ladies and gentlemen. Satire. I am, yes. That's right. He, Bruno Milo, Milo is a satirist, too, I should mention. Um, do we still have that kind of... I mean, I know we have sex slaves. Uh, it, it, a terrible industry in this country and throughout the world. And and uh, there are, you know, uh, there are other types of, of um, underworld organizations that traffic humans. Uh is are there countries in in on the planet that have a large operations of of um, slavery based on race still? Well, honestly, I'm no expert, and I I have no idea. I can't answer that question. So maybe one of your other um, contributors or uh, one of your listeners can can answer that one. I can't. I don't know. And I like you said, I was using it in satire. It was totally in jest. The way I was speaking about white slavery or slavery or sex, the sex trade at all. It's all meant as a joke and uh, in bad taste, there's no doubt. So if I offended people with that, I, I, I apologize. Jeez, you haven't been on for like a couple of years. You wonder why. Right? Already, I might. Right. <laughs> See, you need someone to defend people, though. Every show should you know have how that. How many people are yelling at their radios right now? So. <laughs> It is absurd that we have these kinds of things on uh, on the face of the earth within the human species, like you know, slavery of any sort. That that level of inhumanity, and you know, it's it's like my, I bring this up often. I had a grandma who went through a lot of stuff in her life. She had a tough life, but she used to laugh a lot. And um, you know, we we often say, "What are you laughing at?" No, no. And she said, well, you know, if I wasn't laughing at what I dealt with, I'd be crying about it. So, I mean, Absolutely. you can't laugh the things away, but you have to sometimes laugh at the absurdity of how we are. You know? You really do, yeah. Yep. Do you think you'll go crazy or something? Something bad will happen to you. You'll have a stroke or something. You can't always be serious about everything, no. No. You just have to have a sense of humor about things. And sometimes things are honestly funny that happen to you even if they're they're bad things so yeah i i guess if someone else is watching right like if you if you're riding your bike down the street and 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 uh you know the the front wheel fell off and you went over a, a set of bushes and landed um in a, a, a puddle of water and dog feces that would be terrible for you but if someone else watched it, they'd be laughing hysterically. Absolutely, yes. And then it'd be nice if you could step back for a moment and go, you know what, that is pretty funny. But, yeah, well, hopefully at some point you'll be able to do that, but maybe not at right that moment. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, now, pot. Does pot help with, with this sort of uh, need to release stress? To, to make one feel a little bit happier or, or lessen the burden of, of the craziness that is in our world, do you think? Sure. It's just, it's a, I don't, it's a recreational drug, largely, like alcohol is. Uh, to me, it's as, you know, if somebody wants to go home, it's, I don't think if you smoke a, 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 a J, for lack of a better term, 
when you come home, it doesn't mean you're totally intoxicated, that you're incapable of doing anything else, but just sitting there like a blob and uh, staring at the wall, just as if you had a glass of scotch after you came home from work, you'd be capable of doing other things as well. So uh, does it help? Yeah, I guess it depends on the person. I, I think it all affects people maybe individually. I know there's a collective thought about that, but I think, you know, sometimes it depends on the person, the mood you're in. Uh, so, yeah, but I think people do it for recreation, certainly. There's no doubt about that. And you think it's okay? <laughs> yeah, I think you know that I do. <laughs> yes, I absolutely do, yes. And a long overdue to be somehow uh, legitimized in Pennsylvania in a more uh, formal way. It's time for the legislature to do something. I know it's full of Republicans. And uh, in this century, it would be nice, though. So, Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean... Uh, we have a lot of listeners in New York and up there, you know, they're much more up there, over there, depending on what part of New York we're talking about, uh, down there. They, they're they more liberal, their their laws um, regarding marijuana usage. And that that's, I think, good for the economy. It's good for the community uh, in, in many regards. And I feel almost backward if, we're, you know, I think a lot of people do. If you're in a state where that is not the case, where there aren't more liberal marijuana laws. Yeah, it's that's true, because it is, it is backwards. So. And you know, I I don't, I I like the way you put it too. Oftentimes, there's that stereotype that that people who who smoke marijuana or or ingest it, edibles. I know edibles are very popular. Um, they are just blobs sitting around, worthless. You know, not doing anything. Um, and I mean, that does happen to some people they've over-medicated, <laughs> you know, obviously, but sure. you, you don't need to over-medicate. Uh, um, I use the word medicate. Do you find, do you think it's a medicine? I think it has medicinal purposes. Sure. Uh, whether it's a medicine, I guess you could cla- you call it whatever you want. I have any problem with it. Uh, so does it have to be, uh, classified that way by the FDA for me or whatever? No. Uh, I think it does help. I know for one thing, I'm sure, I'm certain, as I am, the sun will rise tomorrow, that it helps with nausea. There's no doubt in my mind for that, about that. So, And I don't think, obviously, there's no doubt in about 7 billion people's minds about it either, because uh, even that has been legalized in many states as a medicine for nausea. So, I mean, it works. So, Yeah, you know. nausea. I'm glad you brought it up. You know, we don't talk about nausea enough. <laughs> kind of makes me sick to my stomach though talking about nausea <laughs> yeah it's kind of like yawning you know it's contagious the notion even of nausea um the folks must be loving this we're we're, we're off color with our remarks we're talking about nausea uh falling into puddles of water and dog feces this is a grand conversation here on troubadours and rock on tours with bruno milo one of our well, it's colorful it is colorful for sure we're we're uh, we're going to talk about uh, sports also. You you referenced that um, you you would have liked one more game of baseball this season, and uh, I guess more specifically, you were talking about the World Series. Sure, yes, I was. Uh, that's last series. Yep, I would have loved to seen one more game. I really had no uh, dog in the fight, as they say. Uh, so, but I was enjoying it. They weren't great games, but they were good enough for me. Um, so, like I said, one more game would have been nice because we're going to be without baseball for a while. 
And to tell you the truth, I'm often, you have a family and your, your house is full. I am not in the same circumstance. So often the baseball game has been my, my companion. And so I'm going to miss it for a month or so where there's no baseball game to put on. So uh, I'm not a big fan of the NBA. College basketball is coming along. So, but uh, yeah, that may sound pretty sad to a lot of people. All he does is watch baseball, but uh, that's not all I do. No. Sometimes I go to games. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you actually go to games. Yeah, uh, sometimes I go outside. So you said they're like a companion. Yeah, it yep. is, because I leave the volume on now. When Years ago, I might not have. And, yeah, so it's like a conversation. They're not very good conversations to eavesdrop on most of the time. But, uh, yeah, it kind of is. And if things don't go my way or something happens, I often talk to the TV. Now, no, it doesn't talk back. Not yet, anyway. So, <laughs> uh, You mean like if, if a play doesn't go the way you think it, it uh, should or if the game isn't going in the way that you would like, you, you yell at the TV? Is that, or, or is that what you mean? Yeah, I do. What about – I actually like most uh, baseball game announcers. I enjoy listening to them. I, I, when I watch a game and people come into a room and they start talking to me during the game, I, I, I get irritated. I like to sit down, watch the game, and listen to the announcers. I think they have a I lot to offer. I understand that. I do. Uh, really? Are you being now? Is that sarcasm? No, no, I mean it. I can't really tell. No, it depends on the you know. It depends on the team. Some announcers are they talk if they talk too much about themselves. I don't like that. I want to hear analysis of the game uh, and the play by play by, play, by uh, play. I can't say that pitch by pitch. Uh, I want. I, I also want to hear. Um, by the way, folks, we're not both stoned. If you're wondering, <laughs> no, we sounded though. I think I had a long maybe. day with a lot well, of maybe kids. not both of us. You do. You sound stoned. What? Do I? I didn't know you could sound stoned. But... Yeah, you could, man. All right. <laughs> oh, dude, how can you say that? <laughs> I'm just spent from dealing with all my children, you know? And... Yeah, I know. I'm sure. That's probably like, that may be some kind of weird euphoria you're feeling now, so. Oh, you can hear them if you listen closely. Like, I, I'm in this room, and I'm surrounded by them. They're up above me. You know, there's a bedroom above me. They're bouncing <laughs> they're around. Everywhere. You might hear it. They're on the other side of the wall. They're watching TV and cackling. Uh, you might hear You might be able to hear them. Yeah, I thought I detected some kind of hum. I thought I heard some kind of bongos going on a little while ago. But who, who I said, knows? those are just war drums. Don't worry. So. <laughs> and they're being well-behaved. Um, well, what? For, well, they've been fed, so they're probably a little tired. Yeah, it's it's as we speak, it's kind of late in the in the day. Uh, we should be getting them to bed soon, um, but I digress as usual. Uh, we are we are not at least I'm not stoned. Uh, maybe I should be. Maybe I probably just be well, laughing. Fine recreation, I'll just say that. Uh, baseball, I love to watch. Uh, uh, anyway, at all, I, as as you do, I don't I don't need it as much as you though. I know I've known you for a long time, and. I mean, you go to a game by yourself with the with the scorecard. I do. Uh, I don't yes, even. I haven't done that in a while, but yeah, I enjoy that. That's pretty impressive to me, um, and it's smart. I think it's a great way to pass time. I really do. So I think you're onto something. I mean, maybe uh, a physical companion would would be better, but maybe not. Maybe they would <laughs> aggravate you. <laughs> you know. Well, you know me well. I can be easily aggravated. Uh... But yeah, it is a good way to spend time, and it does 
take the place of a physical companion? No. But uh, I passed that time by just talking to myself a lot. So That's awesome. Bruno Milo, our writer, social critic, satirist here on uh, Troubadours and Rock on Tours. One of, one of our uh, oldest contributors. And I don't mean uh, his personal age, though that might be true, too. Uh, it might be. But uh, he's been doing it. He's been contributing to Troubadours and Rock on Tours for a long time. Actually, before it was even called Troubadours and Rock on Tours, when it was called by uh, another name, Free Speak and some. Uh, yeah. Back in the day. Back in the day. We did it live. Yeah, I remember that studio on, uh, well, it's not Joe Biden Street. It intersects with Joe Biden Street, but uh, yeah, uh, what street was it? Um, Damn, Penn, was it not Penn? Is it Wyoming? No. No? Um, Damn, we shouldn't be having this conversation on the radio, though. We can't, neither one of us knows the name of the street. We should. Of the city where we live in, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, that was a fun time, and that and and uh, you're still with us, and, and I'm I'm happy about it. You're still sharing your wit and your insight um, as as uh, time goes on. I think it's getting keener and keener. And I, I notice you you have your your light tonight. You you seem to be sort of happy, uh, even though baseball's over. It must be Congress. Congress must be inspiring you. The U.S. Congress. <laughs> no. No, Congress is not inspiring me. No, I don't think it's inspiring most Americans. I think there's another word for what it's doing to us. So, don't make me. There edit. may be many words for what it's doing. Doing no, there don't have to be nasty words. No, uh, but it is frustrating us. I think it's annoying us. It's confusing us. Um, so and it's it's irritating us because they're not doing what they're supposed to do, in my opinion. So, what are they supposed to do, in uh, your opinion? Well, I think they're supposed to be legislating. And I think one mistake that's being made, and we're already getting warnings that this may be a very ugly midterm election that's coming along, uh, is the fact that the infrastructure bill that's been agreed on, whatever they call it, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, should be passed yesterday. You don't have to wait for both of them. It's ridiculous, in my opinion, to wait for the other one, which is going to be held up for a while. So let's get the bill that everybody agrees on done, because I think it's only going to help Joe Biden, actually, because once people actually see roads and bridges being built, they're going to feel better about things. We're actually doing something. People want to see something tangible being done. And this bill being held up by what I think is a minority of Democrats is quite irritating to me. So and I don't really understand it. So if somebody can explain to me why they're doing it, I'd love to, because I'm not getting adequate explanations from them. Uh, well, you're talking about the Progressive Caucus, I suppose, or you're talking about you're talking about the two senators, Manchin and Sinewa, and uh, the, it, it, that are holding things up. It depends no, on how you look at it. I guess, in my opinion, the people that won't pass, and it's the House, that won't pass the infrastructure bill that everybody says is a good idea, uh, they're the ones that are in the wrong, in my opinion. The two senators that are holding up the other bill, it, what you can call it grandstanding or whatever you want to, and maybe you're right, but that bill, in my opinion, isn't as important as this one. Uh, this one, I live a couple blocks from a bridge that is falling down, uh, and it's about time to get fixed. There's another bridge a few blocks away that's falling down. Uh, these are tangible things that must... I know that... Uh, 
leave for for women is an important deal to a lot of people. But it's not as important to 35,000 people a day who drive over a bridge a couple of blocks away from me. They'll live with not being able to have six months off a year for a while longer. That bill can wait. This bill should be passed immediately. They're hurt. They're shooting themselves in the foot. Well, I, I think the, the notion is this, that from the Progressive Caucus, is if they don't use this leverage, because they know that people in both parties want the, the infrastructure bill to be passed, so that's leverage. If they, if the Progressive Caucus can make those folks worried or frustrated because it's not being passed until the those uh, uh, congressmen and, and uh, senators, House representatives, I should say, uh, members and senators, uh, are going to guarantee a vote on, on uh, the more socially oriented program. You know, I, I'm not sure... There's a couple of names that goes by, like the America Family Plan is one I've heard. Then it'll never happen. You know, it'll just be ignored. Uh, so the the Progressive Caucus sees an opportunity here to to have a lot of what they believe is is so important to to create a healthy society, a fair, more just society uh, to to occur. This is this is one of the few chances they've had. To have this kind of leverage and a president that you know is behind it, so I think that's their reasoning, um, and it, it's an interesting and I think a compelling uh, argument that that they put forth with that reasoning, and I think the real villains are Sinowa and Manchin, those two quote Democrats in the Senate. I think they're the villains. There's two people. Talk about a minority. Because pretty much all the other Democratic senators want both. And uh, all of the, the uh, Democratic um, House representatives want both. Pretty much. Enough to get both passed, except for those two senators in, 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 you know, from West, I don't even know where, where Senate was from, Arizona, I think, and, and Manson's yep. from West Virginia. It's terrible. So I don't know. I don't know if we should vilify the progressives. Well, I'm not vilifying anyone, uh, but I'll say that uh, I disagree with you. I, I uh, don't think that that bill that you call socially important is as important as people say. It's nebulous in a lot of ways. Uh, the things that they want to do are things that are going to take generations to actually do. And who knows what's going to happen to a lot of money that's going to be pumped into it. You can say the same thing about actual infrastructure bills where bridges are built. Uh, who knows what happens to a lot of the money? I agree. We don't know. But we do see things actually happening that don't take generations and aren't nebulous and aren't just ideas. Uh, so my idea, I don't agree with the Progressive Caucus. I, like I said, I think the Democrats are hurting themselves. This is an internal fight. Um, you say well, every, all the Democrats agree. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think there's a lot of moderate Democrats who are afraid of the progressives. I think Nancy Pelosi, for some reason, is afraid of these people. Uh, and she shouldn't be, because I don't think the majority of Democrats. I think the majority of Democrats are moderate people who are willing to pay their taxes. And some of the ideas the progressives put forth, they accept, and some they think are insane. And But they keep their mouths quiet because they have other things in their lives to do, and they're not all over Twitter. So nobody really knows, and they take it for granted that they agree with the progressives when they don't necessarily. So 
Whether they're right, who's right or wrong, I don't know. But I don't believe that Joe Manchin and uh, this other woman are the villains. I don't think they're villains. I do. Yeah. Well, I th- you're well entitled to your opinion, but. I know, I know. I, I think they are, though. I think Manchin, he contradicts himself all the time, and so does cinema. You know, they. they well, Washington is full of people who contradict themselves all the time, so. And they're on the progressive side as well. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's just the nature of the beast, so to speak. You've never heard of Bernie Sanders or Nancy Pelosi doesn't contradict herself, so. Yeah, I, where where would you put yourself on this spectrum politically? Are you, I mean, you're a Democrat, I, right? I consider myself a liberal, but I'm not as liberal as uh, AOC or Bernie Sanders or people like that, so. Well, maybe you're uh, not a you liberal. Call me, oh, well, there, maybe I'm not. By today's definition, I used to be. Uh, but no, I'm not going to move that far to the left and spend bi- trillions of dollars on nebulous programs. Uh, so, um, to me, they're all ideas that we don't even know will work. And we're not even sure what the ideas are. So, well, uh, they're kind of spelled out. But we out. do know what's in the other bill. Like, what have they spelled out exactly? I, I'm not an expert, so I'm going to, I, you know, I, I guess you got me there. But I have read newspaper articles that give, uh, you know, particulars about some of the programs that would go into place, you know, but not, you know, the programs, I guess, are just on the, in the early stages of, of development. But they would be, like you said, uh, um, child care uh, or actually pre-K, right? Three, four-year-olds for everybody in, in the in the country, and well, I mean, community college was part of it, but they took that out. And uh, there was also climate change-related uh, programs to to decrease the the amount of uh, greenhouse gas uh, emissions and new technologies, so we can pull away from fossil fuels. There's so many aspects to, to it that I, I think have been spelled out. But I mean, it, just like FDR's programs and and LBJ's programs. They're all just notions at first, and you make them into law, you put some money into them, and a lot of those things that came out of LBJ and FDR worked out pretty nicely. Well, what would you compare to what they're doing to what LBJ or or FDR did? Like what? Well, FDR's programs was social safety net, right? Same thing with... With uh, LBJs, a social when you're talking about Social Security, and then you're talking about Medicare well, what's and Medicaid. Safety net. Well, I think when the healthcare uh, availability and options would would be expanded, from my understanding, under under the plan that we're referencing. Again, uh, pre-K for three and four year olds uh, before that that would help uh, home uh, home uh, households families. In a huge way, um, with regard to expenses or decreased expenses, and and then those folks being able to go out to work, um, climate change. I mean, that's a monster problem that we have. If anything, we can do to to alleviate that issue, as well as jobs that could be created from new industries that w- we would invest in to create to come up with new technologies, so that we're not related, we're not relying on fossil fuels so much. Those kinds of things, those are like transformative. Uh, community college, which again is off the table for everybody. Um, so I, 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 you know, it gives access. It, it, there's also voting rights uh, elements to it, you know, oh, it, it, justice. There's there's so many things that would be transformative. Uh, I, but again, they're all ideas. I don't know. Well, I mean, you, you got, they got to start all, there. That's, we don't have enough time to talk about all the things you just addressed. Uh, 
and I'd like to take them on one by one. I'm not going to. Uh, but the things you said are, are basically ideas. Like climate, I'm not going to argue about climate change right now. Oh, don't say it doesn't exist. It does. I didn't say anything like that. So don't put words in my mouth. Uh, what I wouldn't forget what I was going to say now. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I know you don't want any commercial plugs probably on this show or anything, but I think this is a great time to plug my T-shirt, uh, Kill, the, El- Kill the, the Cows, because you know one of the greatest greenhouse emissions come from, the, the large uh, amounts of greenhouse gases. Yeah, cows. Cow, right, right. Nothing. So we have to get rid of the cow. Well, we have to get uh, rid of the agro business, the cattle industry. Uh, the agri- no, we have to get rid of the cow, man. The cows are going. Uh, hey. I want to sell my T-shirt. It's a picture of a cow, and there's a bullseye around it, and uh, there's a bullet hole in the middle of the cow's forehead, and obviously the cow is dead because there's blood pouring out of its forehead. That's so I want to sell those T-shirts. 1995. I don't have a website or an address or anything yet, but once I have one, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, so this is your way of, of, of uh, helping with the climate change problem, Bruno. Yes. I don't have a car right now, but as you know, for years when I've seen them on the road, I've run right into them. Yeah. I've destroyed nine or ten cars that way, <laughs> but I've killed nine or ten cows, too. So You've done your I mean, part. Yeah. I think so. Our, our animal rights activist, uh, attorney Michael Harris, is going to really be upset with this with this uh, information you just shared about killing eight or nine cows. He might be at your door to come and file some charges any day well, soon. Can I just say they were delicious? Oh, oh, yeah. So, you, man, that's a lot of work just to get a steak. I'll tell and you. I had to butcher them myself. You're you're a talented man, Bruno. You really are. I don't even have any knives. Let's think. I don't even have any knives, and I butchered them. <laughs> okay, excellent. That's a beautiful yep. image. I'm not even going to ask how, so don't try to don't, don't try to bait me. But we we only have a couple of minutes left, believe it or not. And I, I want I want you to tell me what you're thinking with the upcoming holidays. You know, we have we have a few holidays in front of us. What what are you thinking? Well, I love them. I've already run over eight or nine turkeys. No, I'm kidding. I haven't run them over. In your bicycle, on your bicycle, I've talked them into suicides. Oh man! Well, you some know. people would say, "Just spend enough time in the room with me, and you'll want to kill yourself." So, right into the turkeys. That and and then and then those turkeys are given, you know, to the some... turkey like you know, turkeys just jump out windows sometimes. I'm thinking it was of hard the... for them to get it open. I'd help them get the window open, but once they were out there. Right off the ledge, they went like bags of cement, wet bags of cement. What did you do? Tell them your political ideas, or, or... <laughs> you know, I told them a few of my jokes. I let them hang out where I was just talked to them in general to them. I told them about my life. They're like, "This is your life." I got to go. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know what to say. I really, you know, I feel I feel for the turkeys. I feel for you. Um, don't worry about me. I'm fine. Or obviously. Obviously, you're fine. You know, it, yes. even though baseball's over, you'll be able to make it through the winter. I believe so, yes. I'll have eight or nine turkeys. So You mean to eat? Yes, in my freezer. Ah, oh, wonderful. You're set. You're set. I am, yeah. I'll have a lot of You come over some turkey, bring the fan. I will. I will. I'll come over, you know, during the holidays, and we'll, we'll, we'll spend some quality time together. We will. We'll have some turkey and eggnog. Oh, what a great combination. 
experience of it. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll be delicious, yes. Oh, thank you for taking time out of your illustrious, thought-provoking, very reflective uh, day-to-day and, and, and sharing a bit of it with us here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Well, thank you for your, your very kind words. I appreciate that. Anytime you need somebody to fill in at the last minute, you know where to find me. So, I do, and I appreciate that. Uh, writer, social critic, and satirist, the great Bruno Milo. Thanks so much, sir. A pleasure, E.W. Ciao. Goodbye. Sugar Magnolia, fossils blooming, that's all empty and I don't care. So let me be down by the river We should have to come up soon for air Sweet blossom, come on under the willow We can have high times if you look back We can discover the wonders of nature Rolling in the brushes down by the riverside She's got everything delightful She's got everything Now, some actual statistics and figures from Harper's Magazine's index, Harper's Index, October 2021. These are actual facts and figures. 
Ratio of Residents to Publicly Available Bathrooms in New York City, 7,258 to 1. In Singapore, 197 to 1. Minimum Percentage of Federal Funds for Pedestrian and Bicycle Infrastructure last year that went to roads, bridges, and highways, 15%. Percentage by which the wealthiest neighborhoods in U.S. cities have more trees than the poorest, 65%. By which the whitest neighborhoods have more trees than those that are the least white, 78%. Number of additional trees needed to achieve an equitable distribution across U.S. neighborhoods, 522 million trees. Estimated portion of the contiguous United States affected by wildfire smoke on July 21, 2021, nine-tenths. Factor by which monthly heat records are more likely to be set now than in the pre-industrial era. Five, a factor of five. Estimated portion of new monthly heat records attributable to climate change. Four-fifths. Factor by which the Earth's heating rate increased from 2005 to 2020, 2.4, a factor of 2.4. Percentage by which average nighttime temperatures have increased more quickly than daytime temperatures since 1951, 37%. Estimated number of Americans it takes to produce enough carbon dioxide to cause one Temperature-related death, three Americans. Minimum amount that FEMA has spent to cover the funeral expenses of COVID-19 victims, $804,000. Percentage of Americans who have, quote, zero confidence in the healthcare system's ability to handle a future emergency, 45% have zero confidence. Portion of Americans who would agree to live in a colony on Mars for the rest of their lives, one quarter of Americans. Percentage increase since 2015 in the amount of money raised annually by space startups, a 174 percentage increase. Average number of annual spacecraft launches from 2015 to 2019. 381 launches. Number of launches last year, 1,282. Percentage of Americans who developed a new hobby during the pandemic, 59%. Percentage of those Americans who have successfully monetized that hobby, 48%. Percentage of U.S. cryptocurrency holders who are men, 74%. Who are white men, 56%. Chance that an office space in Manhattan is available for lease, 1 in 5, or 20%. Percentage by which open plan offices have been found to decrease face-to-face interactions, 70%. Factor by which Americans would prefer working 4-day 40-hour weeks to 5-day 40-hour weeks. Factor of three more would prefer the four-day, 40-hour week. 
portion of Americans who think their productivity would improve or remain the same if they worked four-day weeks, three-quarters. Percentage change in Icelandic workers' output after they began working five fewer hours per week, zero percentage change. Percentage decrease last year in the hours worked by the average European, a 4.5 percentage decrease by the average American, six-tenths of a percent decrease. Actual facts and figures. How do you like them apples? Treetops still covered with hanging leaves, frosted, crystalline white, inside a fall breeze, as people ponder the holidays to come. They overbook, overextend, then pretend. Everything is done for pure love and fun. Who is the cynical one? The inward season has just begun.
And there you have it, episode 445 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, our good friend, Bruno Milo, Harper's Magazine, and these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, Harry Nielsen, Grateful Dead, Anand Wilder, Mateel, Terence Blanchard, and Branford Marsalis, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and try to do our best with this time. Take care. <laughs>